Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Time now for Ken and Curtis with Ken Laird and Chris Curtis on WEEI. My buddy Curtis is here. Four big hours. Kyrie Thompson sits in with us at noon. The great Nick LePan producing. Good job by the producers. And here we are off and running on game week number one, Curtis. And Bill Belichick has picked up the phone and called Dan Shaughnessy of the Globe for a chat, which is very unusual, highly unusual. And I want to know why. Why did he make that call? Because he realizes maybe he's closer to the end which is something when you're nearing the end of like you, when when you hit the later parts of your second term as president, you do a lot more interviews because you want to be able to be part of shaping how people view your legacy. Hmm. So it's an easy, you know, one of the longest press conferences for any president is their final one because they give everybody a chance at a question. It's sort of this, it always ends with a little applause unless the last guy was there. Hmm. You know, it's, it's a relatively uh, common practice for people who are closer to the clubhouse than they are to the turn, to sit back and be kinder and gentler to the media that will then be shaping and writing about them. How close were you to the clubhouse at the Live Tour last week? By the oh, way? my God. Did I was you on 18? I, I, uh, the only thing I've been doing is trying to live with life as a bit with a baby. We're nowhere near a golf course, sadly. But um, he did lie in the story, though. He, he told Dan Shaughnessy that Charlie had never called plays. I'm looking at it right now. Charlie Weiss was the offensive coordinator with the Jets from 97 to 99. Mm-hmm. So that's a misremember. That's, that's a Roger Clemens. What are you talking? I mean, like, and then Charlie Weiss was the the teacher to McDaniel's. So it wasn't like I don't know. The, the, what I heard Tom Curran on this week with yeah, but Hoyer's the teacher for Patricia. Don't forget that. Can we? Can and we, by week eight, I'm going to collect on that one hundred dollar uh, bet we have. Can I love you? You you got to stop <laughs> saying things that are so far off the reservation. We can't even have a conversation. Nick, so, we can count how many times today Curtis will say. Can I love you, but dot, dot, dot. Well, it's That's true. Number one. I love you, period. However, your desire to say things that are so obscure and not going to be part of reality are, is slightly I don't think that's that obscure. I think Bill could, at some point this year, have to fix the offense and the current coaching situation. I don't rule that out, and therefore he might have to turn to the tight ends coach, Nick Cayley, or the backup quarterback, Brian Hoyer, to figure out what works. Thank you for mentioning Nick Cayley. Tom Curran, and I, I haven't talked to Nick, so this isn't your fault. We can get the audio later. No rush. Tom Curran, on with Merloni, Fourier, and Mago this week. Great, by the way. First week of Patriots, Monday and Friday, I guess. The best list of guests we have ever had on this radio station. Yeah, I'm proud of it myself. It, it is good. And we did not even have Boomer yet. Boomer starts on Monday. Right. And Boomer creates tension between Wiggy and Greg, as you recall, <laughs> yes, because yeah. Greg and Boomer are simpatico. Yes, then, they are. Anyway, so Tom Curran told Merloni, Fourier, and Mago that... The reason they didn't choose Nick Cayley, who was the guy that everybody thought would be the logical replacement, after they blocked, Tom Curran said, the Patriots and Belichick blocked Cayley 
from joining McDaniels with the Raiders. Mm-hmm. So then McDaniels took Lombardi's kid as his caddy and said, okay, <laughs> good deal. <laughs> Which is part of why I think McDaniels and Bill are on good terms because they negotiated the exit and the, the coaches that he was allowed to take. Which should tell you everything you know, need to know about Mick Lombardi. Anyway, so they pre- Belichick did not elevate Kaylee or even do the Flores non-elevation but title and not name of the title calling plays because, according to Curran, he didn't want to be in this in this mess for three straight years. Should Kaylee have had a good season, he would have been the hot guy as a coordinator somewhere else that he couldn't block. So, which makes sense. He's protecting Ken, his asset. Exactly. So. At the end of this season, it will then be a third set of coordinators either way. So why would you delay the guy that you think is the best guy for the job, especially when you, in this story with Dan Shaughnessy, say, quote, I don't think about the future. I just worry about this season. If you're just worried about this season, why are you C-blocking a guy (laughs) who is the better coach? Well, we don't know he's the better coach. According to Bill. I mean, according to Curran, he's the better coach. Yeah, okay. I mean, obviously, Bill... Well, okay, you're, so you're saying he, it's beyond he didn't think Kaylee was ready. You think there's something nefarious going on there? No, I'm saying Tom Curran said that Kaylee was the guy that Bill was is logically in that place. Here's what Curran said. You know, cynically looking at it, we could say the same thing about quarterback. I mean, Tom Brady was clearly in a position where he was being shown the door. Once Jimmy Garoppolo was traded to the San Francisco 49ers, the Patriots needed to be actively pursuing a succession plan for Tom Brady as they continued to kind of string him along in contract negotiations. They didn't do that. Their answer was Jarrett Stidham and Brian Hoyer. And fortunately for them, Cam Newton was still unclaimed by the end of June. They said, oh, bring him in. And he was better than those two guys would have been. Fortunately, they got Mac Jones, and, and things are going to be looking up. But they didn't have a succession plan then. They don't have a succession plan now. My understanding is Nick Cayley, um would probably have been your McDaniels type who would have ascended. But when McDaniels wanted to bring him to Oakland, excuse me, Las Vegas, he was blocked. The Patriots wouldn't let him go. I think Bill might have been fearful that, you know what, if we ascend this guy to offensive coordinator, I don't want to be replacing him in a year anyway if he decides he wants to go someplace else. Mm. So the easiest thing for him to do was say, We'll just duct tape it, put some bubble gum on it. Should stick together for the year. We're smart guys, and I think there's kind of been a cavalier approach in that way. That is an interesting point, and, and it's a great job by you to pull that out because I didn't. He said that I heard them at uh, La Cantina in Framingham on Thursday say that, and okay, it makes sense. They want to protect Kaylee, but you're saying it doesn't. You're you're looking toward the future there. It's a future move, but that doesn't line up with what you're saying that Bill is close to the end. No, no, no. I'm not. I, I, before the show, I said, I don't understand this. There were two columns in the Globe, one by Gasper, which was an opinion about how no, Belichick shouldn't be fired, and then there was the Shaughnessy sit-down, and I said, these are things you acquiesce to when you see the finish line, and it's, it's it, it behooves you to be polite and be more accessible. That's all. I'm not saying this is his final season. I, I, well, don't, I don't think it's his final season. And follow that out. Why does it behoove him to be more polite? Because Robert Kraft is telling him to be more polite, because as Robert Kraft t- said the last time he spoke, Things Bill does, they don't look straight line to our fans. And Kraft is worried about that. That, to me, is very revealing from the owners. They don't think Bill is explaining himself well enough. And, you know, obviously the Brady stuff is factoring into that. But now, post-Brady, they are demanding, they are telling Bill, be more clear about what's going on here. Our fans need answers, especially now. I agree. And we talked about that after the Colts loss last year when he was very evasive. He came back and apologized. We've seen a different, I mean, speaking to him in person. 
He is does not show any outward appearance of being stressed, worried. He was polite, took a picture. He was very happy, you know, gregarious, the whole thing. But let's not lose sight of the, 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 the purpose of this conversation, which is that no matter what you believe, next year will either be Billy O'Brien or someone else calling offensive plays. Yes. yes. Which is three coordinators in three years. Yeah. Tom Curran said the reason they didn't ascend the guy that was the guy they blocked, who they believe is the better offensive mind than Mick Lombardi, who has gotten experience working as a shadow of Josh McDaniels, just like Josh did with Charlie and Billy did with Josh that they don't want to have him have this job for fear of having to leave and then have another coordinator again. Well, maybe Kaylee will be the guy next year, I guess. I mean, I, I but guess. then that's three coordinators yeah. in three years, and then he'll leave after that year, so then it'll be four in four years. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, that's fine. Max had a different coordinator every year. But, Mac thrives in this. Okay. I heard the producers talking about this. Great point. Mac is going to come to the line of scrimmage and call his own plays anyway. Draw him up in the dirt. Air Mac. Wait till it's unleashed Sunday. The brand-new Patriots office, which you, by the way, think is going to be a blowout. I, well, no, I Which is surprising. 28-24 Patriots. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you said 28-18. But still, they're going to put up four touchdowns uh, on this Dolphins team. They're going to go to Miami where they can't win. Mostly it's December, January, but fine. You're going to go to Miami and you're going to light them up. You're going to see a special teams play that's going to bring back 2001 memories. Last year. I'm not sure special teams are even part of the game anymore. It is. They're going to find a way. Are they a third of the game? No, that was the whole Holly and Dale. Holy cow, was that a back and forth? Um, but they are, there is going to be, last year they were so abysmal, special teams wise. This is going to be, there's going to be something there. There's been a little talk. Poorly coached. That's the sign of a poorly coached team. Exactly. They're going to be more buttoned up is what I'm guessing. More buttoned up without McDaniels. No, I'm not talking about, I'm saying. With Judge back, with Patricia back. More more buttoned up. They're going to be, well, (laughs) I don't know if their buttons fitting anymore, (laughs) but the, the, I think they're going to win. I think that this whole talk about the Dolphins and. All, the doom and gloom, the desperation, the biggest non-story in the history of my time at WEEI was that the Patriots left early to go to Florida to practice. No, like, I think that's a good idea. Right, but it's not Try a, something different, please. I agree, but the, the way it was discussed yeah. in the city was like, and nationally, was like Belichick decided to, to travel without a quarterback. Yeah. Well, you could make a case, I guess, that Bill is doing odd things. He's going to Miami early. He's calling Dan Shaughnessy that, like, the couple days before the game, the his mind on the is not on the opener. His mind is, or at least whatever, Kraft told him the call, doing an interview with Dan Shaughnessy, which he doesn't have to do, with which, the Boston Globe. By the way, this is not what the Crafts want. You said this is what they want. Oh, I, I, why? The Crafts hate Shaughnessy almost as much as Tomasi. Yeah, but they grudgingly must admit he's like the gold standard of getting your word. He's like the Oprah of the Boston sports media. Okay, read every single picking up the pieces column that Shaughnessy's ever written. There is a mention of the high chairs at Gillette Stadium every single time, and that goes right <laughs> up the keister of the owner of the Patriots. I guess, but they, you know, say what you will. So you think Bill did this on his own to shape his legacy? That is so weird in and of itself well, if that's true. I mean, Bill has a foundation. He's become. They didn't more, talk about the foundation. No, but I'm saying that Bill's the way we talk about Bill and the way I have discussed Bill as this like ruthless dictator. He, he, when you see him and you talk to him, he's just the guy that is you know he's a little different and he's a brilliant mind and knows football and he's getting towards the end of his career. Mm, I don't think so. You think he would hang it up before the Shula record? No, no chance. I, I'm saying if you have two or three years left, you need to coach. Oh, he's for, got five. Okay, if you have five years left and you coach for forty-five, that's towards the end, in the in the way that mm. in the landscape of his career from nineteen seventy-five. But not so close to the end. You need to pick up the phone and call Shaughnessy. 
But you're asking you're you're asking me to, to to theorize why he did this. Yes, that's why that when you get closer to the end, you start to do things that are beneficial to how views how people may view you or how they will document your career. Do you think there's any shred of desperation in this? Is he trying to sell this team? Is it a reflection of how nervous he is about this year's team? No, I don't that think he's got to get a message out of some kind. I don't think anybody on the Patriots reads the Boston Globe or Dan Shaughnessy. I don't think. Yeah, they... but the fans do. To sell it to the fans, hey, hang with us, you know. I, but th- that's these all, are good coaches. That's all a waste of time. I mean, you. It is what it is. I mean, Bill's whole career has been based around allowing the performance to speak for itself. You're not going to be able to galvanize a fan base now by saying things the fans aren't seeing. I know it's. It really is a sign of. I don't want to say weakness, but it's. It, it's. It's not. It's an anti. It's an atypical Belichick thing to do. You know do. what it is? It's a Red Sox move. But yeah, well, you know. Well, good idea. Take a big page from the Red Sox. They, I, I mean, you do they it handle in, the media well. You do it in Henry in the uh, Henry paper, and you get out there ahead <laughs> of a story, like when Sam Kennedy would come on and say that Xander's not leaving. But here's the money quote. We'll get the trending here in a second. I, I would like your reaction to this on Bill, the state of Bill going into the year, where he is mentally, how long is he going to coach. We'll talk about the Gasper column. I think that's interesting. You know, she shouldn't be fired under any circumstances. By the way, how does anybody pay for the Globe when you hit Control Shift N and you put in the link and it's free every time? Well, that's a hack, life hack from yeah, Curtis. Don't at nine fourteen. Don't buy the Globe. You go to incognito mode and you can read whatever you want. Here's the quote: Both are good coaches. This is Bill talking about Patricia and Judge. Both are good coaches. If it doesn't go well, blame me. We've have we have plenty of coaches that didn't have experience and it's worked out pretty well with most of them. You're disputing that they had a coach without experience in the in the one example. You I mean, was Weiss. Uh, unless Weiss was the offensive coordinator for three seasons and didn't call offensive plays, so that could be the case. I don't. I mean, I don't know of coordinators that don't call plays. He was a run game coordinator. <laughs> Gosh, I mean, that's, that's what Mike McDaniel. McDaniel. Yeah, I was just thinking of that. That's yeah. why it was in my brain. Yeah. What a weird state of coaching they have, and what a weird guy he is. He's yeah. like a he's like a hack Seinfeld in his press. Yeah, conferences. he's like a one liner guy. Yeah, I hate those guys. We got to get some Mike McDaniel for later in the show too, Nick. Work on that right now. Nick LaPan as you're trending. This is Ken and Curtis. We will talk about the Gasper column. Also, baseball rule changes. Curtis is loving baseball again. And what did we say a week ago today? We said, what is there one rule that you still have to be changed in sports? Yeah, sports is perfect after because, the college playoff. And now the one thing I talked about was the pitch clock in baseball. And you're just, life is just good. Awesome. Curtis is getting 22 jerseys from and, the Patriots PR's team. And- who doesn't love a bigger second base? <laughs> Here is Dr. Nick. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Get Boston Sports Original on the go. Wherever you go. Just download the Odyssey app. We're right back to it. Ken and Curtis on WEEI. Do you enjoy it as much? Just as yeah, you know, I do. First uh, yeah, well, I enjoy all aspects of the year, whether it's the team building, game planning, game day, practice, off-season studies, and trying to improve. Um, each each part of it's challenging. Free agency, um, it's all interesting. It's all challenging. I have a lot of great people to work with. Um, you know, great support from ownership, our personnel staff, coaching staff, work hard, training staff, and. 
um, you know, Johan, Moses, and people that train our players, you know, we're, our guys are in good shape. They're ready to play. So Biblical. You know, I have a lot of confidence in everybody we're working with. There you go. Chili Peppers tonight. Good job, Nick. I love the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Going to go band. tonight? Uh, take James down. We're actually going to be in Jamestown. I know you hold a grudge against the Red Sox because they didn't send you a jersey. Patriots sent you a jersey. Now you're in the Patriots' back pocket. I mean, you like the, praise them weekly. You're the, the, Patriots, them the Patriots would never do anything like that. They're an upstanding organization. <laughs> do not besmirch their name. That's Bill on the Greg Hill Show a couple weeks ago, right? That was the in-person uh, chat, and yeah. you guys asked him about his future. He called Shaughnessy this week, did an interview, talked about his future, and apologized. He said, I made a mistake by saying I never coached in my 70s. It was like a mea culpa. It, the quote is, it wasn't one of my better comments. When was the last <laughs> time you've seen? It is amazing. Yeah. So he, he's definitely in an odd place. Chris Gasper of the Globe wrote this I column. don't think he's in an odd place. You don't think mentally or just the way he's behaving is odd for him? Well, it's it's a, it's uncharted territory more than I don't think he's odd about it. It's just there are he's apologizing. He's collaborative. He's calling the globe. Well, he's being self-deprecating in that regard. He's, he's being not, self-deprecating. Yeah, that's not normal. You're right. He's but, being polite to reporters. Uh, he's being revealing in some ways. Yeah, that. But I, I, as I said, I think it's what people do when they, you know, I may, outside of maybe Bobby Knight. I mean, I feel like most people. As they near the end, they're much more. Even Popovich did those sort of silly interviews with Craig Sager. He, you know, a guy that's about as miserable as can, as can be. Yeah. Even has sort of changed a little bit over time. Look, now, fellas, I apologize if you know I seemed like I was a little short with you after the game. <laughs> that's true. That was last year, right? This that has was been a Colts game. Yeah. A couple year uh, pr- uh, process. The one of the things that shocks. I mean, we're in, in the sports radio bubble. I know who, Greg Gumbel doesn't like us, right? So there's there, there are people that don't like this atmosphere. Greg Gumble, what happened? I missed it. Didn't, didn't he rip Sports Talk Radio, or was it somebody else? I saw it on Twitter. I, it must have been on Real Sports or something. But yeah, Greg Gumble, good lord. I don't know. I could be. I could be miss Bryant Gumble, the guy that uh, rants against uh, the privilege in sports and white-dominated societies, lives like two blocks down from my parents in a uh, very white community in Florida, in Jupiter. He's a he's a he's kind of a fraud. But anyway, carry yeah, on. Yeah, Greg Gumble. Quote: The most ridiculous thing in the planet is sports Sports Talk Radio. Okay, fine. Justin Bethel. <laughs> he doesn't like sports talk. You do get some negativity in sports talk. I will admit that as a guy who's been at it for 20 years. But that means you don't like sports then. You don't like the fans that yeah. watch your games. Well, right. This is the passion that comes out. <clears throat> Sometimes it's more of the passion inside than is the reality. For instance, when the Patriots lost to the Eagles and Brady blew it and fumbled the football. <laughs> and everybody blamed. That's my point, Nick. That's what I'm talking everybody about. Everybody blamed Bill and Malcolm Butler. And he people were calling for him to get fired. Oh, that, yeah. I mean, and that shocked me more than anything else in my whole career. I don't know about you. I did not expect people to be calling in to fire Bill at that point. And then the next year, what happened? They loved him again. They won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And it was defend the wall. But, okay, but th- you, that, now you'll say it was because of Brady. No, I'm. They, in the moment, it was. I mean, that game now has supplanted the two Giants ones in terms of Super Bowls I can't look at. Because of the Eagles and the statues and the Philly special oh. and all that nonsense that right? was created out of that game. We lost to Nick Foles and Doug Peterson. My it's, God. It's infuriating that 500 yards passing and three-plus touchdowns in a great game, a comeback game where you're, you know, anyway, it, that that you chose to handicap yourself and not put the best roster out there in the, in the most important moments of that game. Right. But that said, you weren't calling for Bill to be fired after that. Of course that, not. But I understand okay. the passion. Yes. Now, the other side of it is Chris Gasper writing in the Globe, 
One thing Bill Belichick shouldn't have to worry about is getting fired. Basically, ever. He's kind of focusing on this year. Here's the quote. The idea of the Crafts firing Belichick if this season goes south, like the team before its season opener in Miami, is preposterous. It would be a monumental mistake. He is the Patriots brand at this point. You might as well put his face on the side of the helmets. He's the source of belief and hope for so many Pats fans. It would be bad business on the field and off to let a living legend synonymous with your success go. Yes, it would be bad business by the Crafts who chose Bill to then in three years say, no, 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 I don't want to do this anymore because then they're SOL and they have Kraft is now the one in the front taking all the shots. And so that would be on top of not being able to find a coach as good as Bill Belichick to replace him, the PR disaster. I don't know that it would be PR disaster. Oh, it would be because it'll be clunky. The way Bill's left this organization, it's not exactly, you know, talented top to bottom. They may be the third or fourth best talent just speaking strictly roster, in the division. So if you lose Bill, you're not going to get as good of a coach, correct? Well, I don't know that. You, get, you, would, you would get a coach and a GM. Everybody, everybody would say you improve the GM no matter who you hired. They could hire you. But this is not a, and, a destination. And you would build it around Mac. You would say, we're doing this for the quarterback. Bill screwed up. You're going to put the blame on Bill for the coordinator situation, whatever, assuming this year goes south. Yeah, it would be one year, but we've already heard people disgruntled gruntled with Belichick in the last couple years, and even going back to Malcolm Butler. Okay, this Not is, a PR disaster. It would be a divide. This is not a job that would get the best coach, the best GM. This is a bad opportunity. If I'm a talented head coach... With Mac Jones? Yes. I, if, I'm the, if I'm a talented head coach, I'm not coming to a region with fan bases who are expecting caviar when sitting at a sizzler. You, you are going to be... Ah, what a shot at Mac. You just called Mac a... Uh, no, it has nothing to do with Mac. Salisbury I, Steak. I, I think the Patriots are winning tomorrow. I don't think they suck like like some people do. But this is you have a fan base that is impatient, and you have an ownership group that thinks they should be winning playoff games. Yep. And a roster that does not represent the talent that is required in and, order to well, do that. You, I, most people say part of that reason is because Bill's drafted poorly. Right. And so Joe Douglas, everybody thinks he's the, the GM that everybody loves right now because of all the good drafting the Jets have done. I don't know if it'll ever translate to the field, but... He's in his third year, and you're just now, you know, Zach Wilson goes down, but they were just now the team that people were expecting to pop, right? Mm-hmm. So no matter who you bring in after these three years, which have just been without a playoff win, if we're going to theorize that Belichick's done, they're not going to win a playoff game this year, which is then four years without a playoff game overall, even going back to Brady's final season, you are going to arrive and expect a pretty long runway two to three years to get your stamp and your team on the field. Uh, there's been a lot of rookie coaches that have had success early. Right, but exactly. But my point is saying if I'm a GM, I may have success early, which would be great. It'd be the cherry on top, but I am expecting patience. I am not going to sign for a job. Yeah, you'd sign a guy for a three-year build. You'd give right. him three years. you give him a five-year deal and a three-year build. And obviously, if things like are, you know Urban Meyer or you know disasters occur, you can obviously you know hit the exit button, but... But some fans will think that's worth it. They'll think, why are we going to just dwindle through six and seven win seasons for the next five years just so Bill can catch Shula? Let's get the young coach. Let's get our 39-year-old Sean McVay, Mike McDaniel, to come in here. Maybe Josh McDaniels. I don't know. Come in here and build it back up to where it should be for somebody that the game hasn't passed them by. I, I'm not saying I would do this, but I'm surprised that Gasper says you can't do it because... I do think if they have a bad year, he is on the hot seat, and there will be a lot of discussion about this. Agreed? Oh, I mean, I I have been surprised 
at the amount of people that we have heard from dating back. To, the real sort of turning point was the draft because the playoff loss was awful. You know, the Bills were, you know, didn't punt. We all know the whole story, the four or five losses to end the year. But there was enough positives, specifically Mac Jones, that you felt, okay, you know, this is the right seven and nine, ten and seven. They need you and I sat here after that playoff game in advance of the draft. They need another great offseason. They need mm-hmm. to build. They can't stay status and quo. And they nailed it. Cole Strange, both are mocked picks. They, going into the- they had a D minus offseason. Okay. <laughs> Devontae Parker could change that. Okay. Key to the game tomorrow, Nick. Write that down. Okay. Devontae Parker. I, I think they're going to win tomorrow. Maybe he has a nice game, good revenge game, all of that. But there's also a couple of former Patriot coaches on the Dolphins staff that have usually done pretty well against Bill. But th- this Who? Is- B-Flow's gone. Josh Boyer. Oh, God. Well, he's the offensive the old, coordinator. The corner coach? I don't know. I mean, who knows if he'll be good he's or not. He's their D coordinator. D coordinator, sorry. Their um, offensive coordinator is somebody named Frank that I've never heard of. Uh, any Frank from Gloucester, I yes, think. Yes, Frank from Gloucester was their <laughs> offensive coordinator. Nobody's talking about that. They People should. are complaining about Patricia. <laughs> the guy they complaining the about Frank from Gloucester calling plays for the Dolphins. <laughs> it's very odd. I know. He's on the water line. Um, <laughs> no, but the uh, there have been, since the draft, People real, I remember it because we were down in Rhode Island for that show, and it was at that great Whaler Brewery. And the calls and the interactions I had with fans in person that day were it was a it was an anger and a frustration that I had not seen yet. Even yeah. with the Brady departure, I didn't right. feel that. And people felt that there was a total miscalculation, and that continued off the, through the off season. So there has been, I would say, thirty percent of the fans would be fine either way. Like if. I'm fine if he leaves. Like, F him. They screwed this whole thing up. I think there's 50% that are still defend the wall. Like, we're here. We're ready to go. And 20% are in a wait-and-see mode. You know, let's see if this... Well, that's divide. So that's not, like, universal. That's not Gasper. They can't do it. They won't discuss it after a year, no matter what happens. That the re- means they'll discuss it. Right. The reason he wrote that is because, I mean, Chris works at a sports radio station. He hears things. I think that that is what we've been hearing about one in three are pretty pretty much done with them. Like, they don't see a Super Bowl here. Whenever we talk about it, people are like, you know, Max sucks. It was Games obviously passed not them Bill. by, yes. And if I'm the if, if they are going to move on from, from Bill, there's no way, if I'm the Crafts, I would hire a Belichick tree member. No, they'd and, clean house. Because what Belichick, if he does fail, he's proving that he also was made in large part because of the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So you, the Belichick tree is barren unless it has Brady as a part <laughs> of it. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Do you think the Crafts, if it's a bad year, would consider firing Bill, or is that not a non-starter? And you, another great text from a uh, from a six one seven guy here. The a huge change this year: the happy birthday and the bear hug of Burton after the first preseason <laughs> game or at halftime. That was that was un- wild, unlike prompted, right? I know Burton had to call his doctor after yeah. four hours. Uh, Nine seven eight texture. What if Bill only retires from coaching and then stays on as GM? But that would be everybody's nightmare. <laughs> yeah, what, like a Parcell situation? <laughs> a, those never really work, right? I mean, did Parcells, the advisor, ever win a Super Bowl? 774 texter, Casario was the head of player personnel three years ago. Bill took over and has done a great job with the last two years since he left. I do wonder about that. The Texans look like they are in a, a mess. Maybe that was addition by subtraction. Everybody praised Casario all those years. But we have to reevaluate all of that stuff. I mean, it's just, it's not a Brady thing. It's the NFL and the rules thing. That's where they are. By the way, I have a a couple of stats and uh, nuggets for you. Okay. So one thing that we were always told with the cap was You're not Brian Barrett. Don't try to be Barrett. I I know you've been, you know, pining to ascend there. I love Brian. I'm very happy with who I am. Um, 
the, the big conversation point with the salary cap was you have to win with the rookie deal with the quarterback. The, mm-hmm. the secret is drafting a good quarterback, winning on the cheap, right? And then you can build around him, but it's you have to strike with the rookie deal. Dating back to 2014, Tom Brady, not a rookie deal. Peyton Manning, not a rookie deal. Tom Brady, not a rookie deal. Nick Foles, not a rookie deal. Tom Brady, not a rookie deal. Patrick Mahomes, rookie deal. And then Tom Brady, not a rookie deal. 2021, Matthew Stafford, not a rookie deal. So while that was true in the years prior, the year before 2014 was Russell Wilson. You go back and, you know, the early 2000s was littered with Brady mm-hmm. and Roethlisberger and you all that. Kaepernick had a great year. Kaepernick got you yep. to the Super Bowl. So that was very true. And it's that it doesn't mean that you're wrong forever. You were right when you were saying it then. It is no longer accurate. In fact, the Rams won while paying two top-end quarterbacks. Well, it's a great Goff point. And in Stafford. Because doesn't that factor in the most? I mean, Greg gets upset when Wiggy goes here all the time, but he starts talking about max contract and when are they going to pay him because it's a couple years away, but that is lockstep with Bill's philosophy, whether you're going to keep Belichick for multiple years and whether they're ever going to pay Mac Jones a big number. Right. Now, you could go with the way the Ravens did, which is very interesting this week. They There is no contract, and part of this is Deshaun Watson related, right? So he signed this huge deal. They had to give up all these picks. The Browns are desperate, so they give him $230 million guaranteed, and that sets the market for everybody. And now Lamar Jackson, I'm sure, is asking for that. They won't give it to him. But I guess they could franchise tag him for a couple of years. So would you? I mean, could you see Bill doing that? Just tagging Mac as long as Lamar Jackson is going to play and he seems to be saying the right things. Then that's the other thing. Good guy, and it gets him nowhere. Right. The Ravens are brilliant. I mean, why would you do that if you don't absolutely have to? Yeah, I, I guess uh, unless he demands a trade. I mean, you, you know the, how the NFL is becoming the NBA uh, thanks to Tom Brady. Right. So why is Lamar Jackson playing? He's going to ask for a trade soon. Oh, okay. Well, until that happens, we can't bring up Tom Brady randomly. And Maybe today. Him. Could be by the end of the show. Okay. I, if he does, I oh, more money Chanel says expect it by noon. <laughs> All right, 617-779-7937. Plenty of football talk to come today. Kyrie Thompson, our Patriots beat writer, is going to join us coming up at uh, noon today. He'll sit in for a full hour. And coming up next, I have another stat. I just gave you the oh, rookie I was going to go to baseball. You, oh, you get your stat. What's your I stat? I can do it right now if you want. Yeah, give me your stat now. Okay, so... People say that Tom Brady has been screwing over the Bucks this whole time, that he's waffling, he's screwed over Arians. Who has said that? Nobody said he screwed the Bucks. Yes, you have. You've said that. I have never said that. They this regret is not a straw man. What are you talking about? That the Tom Bucks Brady... regret it? I've never said the Bucks regret signing Brady. Okay, well, I'm going to explain something to you for those that have, even though you did and you don't want to admit to it, that's fine. <laughs> the Bucks in the three years... That Tom, this is his third season, so two and a half years he's been in Tampa. Their value of their franchise has gone up seventy percent. Forbes this week announced that their the the Bucks value is three point six billion. It has gone up seven hundred million dollars a season. In yep. the ten years prior, they went up four hundred million. In the two and a half years with Brady, they've gone up one point four billion dollars. Yeah, I mean, I never questioned. So this is that. why the NFL model, where you're like the NBA, they all should do this. Tom Brady's been paid sixty million, and he's made the franchise one point four billion. Well, it's good for owners. It's bad for fans. But the, not, the Niners should have done this. They I, totally no, blew the it. The Patriots should have done it. You, you don't let them leave. Patriots are the second most valuable team on the planet right now. They they didn't uh, exactly fall. They raised. They went up to second. Right, they, they, percentage-wise. For three years without Brady, how'd that happen? Because they have a new TV deal. Oh, oh, 
the new TV deal saved them. Well, it did. That's why everybody went up. If you want to actually read about the story before just grabbing Cam, a random stat. Well, Cam Newton didn't exactly tank their value. So right. Somehow so, the quarterback so was I not that I knew you were going to bring this up. 30% higher year over year, the Bucks fa- value franchise of course. over the Patriots. They're coming so, from deep. That was a great job by the Bucks to bring him in. Of course. Coming up, they had they were stagnant for 20 years. Brady comes in, they go up $1.2 billion. Yeah, of course. I Look, I think the Niners should have signed him. There should have been more teams in on him. Were, it was surprising there weren't. It is amazing how 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 fans allow themselves to believe in these nonsensical salary caps that are tools by owners to not pay players and pocket more cash. Why, if you're a Bucks fan, would you want the Glazer family to to fatten their pockets while players don't make as much? Yet always fans side with the team and go against the player. It makes no sense. Baseball is changing their ways. Curtis is going to have to admit they're doing something right. However, remember the Red Sox is lighting up Manfred yesterday, thanks to uh, audio from our Bradford. We'll let you hear that and talk about the baseball, the baseball players com- complaining about this are petulant children. Okay. We're back, Ken and Curtis on WEEI. Download the Odyssey app and listen on demand anytime. Curtis here on WEEI. Kyrie Thompson joins us in studio for the noon hour. First full football weekend yeah. of the year. God, I, but college sucks today. There's not really any good games, right? Other than the uh, one at uh, at noon. What's the noon one? Alabama and Texas. Two weeks ago, I had James watch Ireland football between Nebraska and Iowa, and it or was it Nebraska and it's Iowa? Child abuse. No, what are you no, doing? It was Iowa. It was uh, Nebraska, Nebraska and Northwestern. Northwestern. Yeah, it was a horrible, horrible game. By the way. <laughs> Iowa won last weekend with less than like 150 yards of offense. There's there's been like 20,000 games in the last 130 years where they have had the, whatever the number was less than X number of yards on offense. The rest of the college football landscape is like one in 19,998, and Iowa's like six and two in those games. It's such an ugly. Well, what was that? Was it the Appalachian State game that they had? 62 points in the fourth quarter, something ridiculous. Yeah. North Carolina, App State. That yeah. was an amazing game. Oh, last week, yeah. North Carolina against. Yeah, that was it. North Carolina, App State. That that. Oh yeah, oh, that was an offensive explosion. Oh yeah. And then they they um they they had the wide open two point conversion and the quarterback <laughs> and the airmailed them. The air. uh, oh man. Anyway, worst. Yeah. See, BC's loss wasn't the worst of the week. But <laughs> it was the worst of the week. It was awful. BC tonight will join in progress at the Red Sox baseball uh, a little bit later on. Don't forget Fitzy and Hardy in one to four today. But I uh, want to talk a little bit of baseball now. Uh, we have rules changes coming. Now, some of them seem pretty significant to me. However, you got to check out the full interview here. Bradford did a sit-down with Matt Straub, bullpen guy, not well-known, I would say, but he is a Red Sox player and a current member of MLB who is ripping the commissioner um, throughout. It's a good eight-minute sit-down. At one point in there, he's talking about how he, pitchers are still cheating. There's no way spin rates can be this high. And Manfred's turning a blind eye to it. So these rules, nope, they're not going to enforce them anyway. So on one hand, he's saying, don't even like worry about this. But on the other hand, he's saying this about how uh, the commissioner is ruining the game with some of these, including the pitch clock. I think they're unnecessary. You know, they, they talk about the, the 26 minutes it is saved in minor league baseball games. But what they don't talk about is how many pitchers in between every inning are waiting for the extra 35 seconds that... Major League Baseball has put in between innings for ad purposes. 
So, you I mean, idiot. they talk about all this wanting to speed the game up. The one beautiful thing about baseball to me is always been, there's never been a clock in the game. And, uh, you know, it's just, again, it's, it's frustrating because I would be willing to bet like 75, 80% of players were willing to talk pitch clock or have a pitch clock. But the fact that they didn't listen to any input from us players on how to perfect a pitch clock and they just kind of rolled with what they had down in AAA and just said, here it is, we're going to go with it. It's kind of frustrating, but I just hope baseball's around for for my grandkids to uh, to love as well as I am. But from the way it's going, they're doing a pretty good job of killing the sport. What an idiot. Do you realize that they had to put those in because not enough people are watching your game, so they had to sell more inventory in national games so that you would get the 50-50 revenue split with more money in the Fox TV deal? Like, They're do doing you under- a pretty good job of killing the sport. <laughs> do you understand how this works? Like, Baseball doesn't want to have to do that. They do that so they can fund the sport, which is collectively bargained. You get a percentage, which is at least 50-50 of whatever TV money you get with that package. Now, so, one thing I don't know... Do you think he'd be willing to forego money to have shorter shorter no, games? It's a good point. But is he right, though? Are they manipulating these stats? Is the game itself for the fan in the, in the stadium and watching these AAA games still the same? They're just not calculating the added time in the middle, so they're just calculating, like, the play time? No, this has been a resounding success at AAA. I, we were down in Polar we, Park. Yeah, we saw the one, and it definitely... You it is a different experience because the clock's going and they are, they're they are on pace. Matt is that his name? Matt Strom. Matt Strom. Matt Strom. They are doing this so your grandkids can have baseball. That is what this means. That they are evolving finally and at last with the times. There is you know a football game is constant pausing. There's a th- forty mm-hmm. second play clock. Touchdown. Commercial break. Kickoff. Cross commercial grab break. Here. Crotch grab there, and you got you know the up the ref guy in the booth telling you about how. By the way, Mike Tarico, what <laughs> a company guy! Blatant delay of game on the Rams, and they don't call it. They complete the third down pass, and before they can even have a breath, they show the play by play. Like, yes, yeah, it's, well, they have to alert the guy that it's at zero, and then he'll deem, and this is perfectly normal. Oh, what he, is, the, he is the perfect spokesman for the NFL. Oh my God, was he? Boy, did I miss Al Michaels Thursday night. <laughs> but it's just, it's so laughable that these players who have again and again prioritized their own well-being, their own comfort level over the success and the future of the sport are now going to lecture me that Rob Manfred wants the game to die? No. You guys want the game to die because you want to collect your cash with no understanding whatsoever how you get that money and the input and the importance of having commercials during your nationally televised game. There were times this year that I thought Salamora was going to put Castiglione into retirement. Like, Castiglione was just like, I can't take it anymore. He was averaging 30 seconds between pitches. Anybody who watched him pitch, he and there are some others, David Price and others through the years, I I totally agree, have got to be, and I hope this does it, because it's, what, 15 seconds when nobody's on base, and 20 seconds when there are guys on base. I think it's 14. What's really weird, I mean, I don't know if we want to get into the weeds of, like, the particulars of this, but you can only, I believe, throw to first twice. Right, and you can only step out of the box once per at-bat. Okay, so Strom was saying, hitters are going to hate this. I'm going to get them to step out early, and then I'm going to dominate the experience because they can never step out and we're going to go on my pace. So he thinks that's advantage pitcher. But well, if but if you throw to first twice, then what happens? The guy can just steal and you, you can do nothing about it? And guess what that means? 
you have to be quick to the plate. That is going to be bizarre. It's like, great. Totally bizarre. What's my, if it actually happens. What's one of my favorite adages that I've always said to you? Speed kills. I'd write Rubbin you. Rubbin ain't racing. I'd write you a shorter letter if I had more time. Yeah. It requires more diligence. Yeah, but that's to be changing concise. the game. That is like totally. You're going to stolen bases are going to be way up. Ken, have way you seen up. the ratings? The game needs to change. The ratings are good. This they've, they've not, been they've good. Been they, can, they can be better. And that is what needs to happen. As a, as a rights holder, this is phenomenal news. You should be belly bumping Mike. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I believe me. I've tried to belly bump Mike. He's won't, won't allow <laughs> well, me. Just tie his shoes. <laughs> okay, do I do that? I think Mike Thomas has done a great job. He has. Now, I think uh, he's done even better than great. It's superb. Do you want to take some reaction to this to the baseball I, rule? I'll changes? talk to whoever. I'm here. Okay. If you'd want to weigh in on this, do you? I mean, Matt Strom <laughs> ripped the commissioner yesterday. Players obviously are not thrilled with this, but there are changes coming. Will you agree, admit, will you give baseball any credit? Let's do a little bit of baseball talk. I, I'm all back, for it. And then back into Pats and Dolphins an hour or two. They're doing a pretty good job of killing the sport. Mm-hmm.